0: Good morning, everyone. Let me add my welcome to you all here today and also to those joining us online. So I'm Glenda and I'm one of the ministry team here at New Peninsula. So a few weeks ago, Glenn and I watched a movie and it was pretty ordinary. It was one of those stories where you weren't quite sure what was going on in the plot um, you didn't know an awful lot about the characters and, you know, I really don't like movies that don't have a happy ending or even worse, you know those movies that just leave it up in the air and you just have to make up your own, your own ending for it. Well, believe it or lot, that's a bit like the story of Philemon that we're looking at today. As Paul said earlier, we're having a four-week break from our 1 Timothy series as we sense this is the right time to be focusing on prayer, which is one of our key values. We all know that Jesus himself showed us that prayer is a priority. As many times he went away on his own to pray and to be with his Father. Paul shows us that prayer is a priority as well by the number of prayers that he prayed in his letters. Now, as I said, the book of Philemon can be a little bit confusing. And much to my frustration, it doesn't even tell you what happens at the end of it. But there's so much in this little book, it's only one chapter, but there's so much in it that... I need to give us a quick overview so that we have a bit of a picture about what's going on so that we can then get into our message today. So, Paul is writing a letter to Philemon, who owned a slave called Onesimus. Now, Onesimus ran away from Philemon and apparently he took some of Philemon's things with him. Now, this was a big deal back in Paul's day because this sort of action by a slave was punishable by death. You see, slaves had no rights at all and their owners had absolute power over them. But while he was away, Onesimus became a Christian and his life was changed. So now, Paul is sending Onesimus back to Philemon with a letter which is the book of Philemon. Are you with me? Okay. That's some of the background. Now, let's have a look at the book of Philemon, which is between Titus and Hebrews, and we're going to read from verse 4. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing that we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, which is Philemon, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. So first of all, as Paul is writing to Philemon, he's showing us that through our faith in Jesus, we demonstrate love. And we see this in verses 4 and 5. Now, Philemon is a good guy. He loves Jesus and he loves other believers. And Paul is showing us here that our faith in Jesus is very much interwoven with our love for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we all know some of us are easier to love than others, but Paul says Philemon loves all his brothers and sisters. So that means we don't get to choose who we love. We don't get to choose to just love and be around those that are like us or those that we're comfortable with. This is what Paul's saying in Galatians when he says there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And the thing is, in and of ourselves, we can't drum up this love and acceptance of each other. Because, you see, we can't give away what we don't have we need to get alone with God long enough and regularly enough to first of all experience his amazing love for us. And I wonder how we're all going with that. Are we spending regular time alone with God, sharing our heart and listening to God sharing his heart with us? Because... You know, it's only as we do that, that God's Holy Spirit within us enables us to love each other in the way that God wants us to. In verse 6, Paul shows us that through our faith in Jesus, we share our faith. Verse 6 says, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Paul is stressing here that our faith is not meant to be something that we just keep for ourselves. If we believe that Christianity is only meant to change what we think and what we believe, then this letter turns that on its head when Paul says that, Our faith in Jesus also needs to change how we treat each other and how we share our faith with each other. We need to understand that there's a level of our Christian life that can only happen when we're actively engaging with each other in the spiritual side of our lives. And that includes praying together. You see, there's something that happens in our lives when we share our faith that doesn't happen from any other activity in the Christian life. The key to verse 6 is Cornonia, which is Christian fellowship and participating together. Sharing Christian fellowship and sharing our faith together is what it means to be the body of Christ. We're all bound together in a mutual bond. We give to one another and we share our faith because we belong to each other. Paul prays this mutual partnership will result in deepening our understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. And this understanding that Paul is talking about is us actually doing everything, every good thing, that God works in us to bring about the life he wants us to live. Verse 6 could actually be paraphrased as, I am praying that the mutual participation, which is proper to the Christian faith that you hold, may have its full effect in your realisation of every good thing God wants to accomplish in us to lead us into the fullness of Christian fellowship, that is, of Christ. In verse 7, Paul shows us that through our faith in Jesus, we refresh the hearts of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul says, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. The word refreshed here originates from a military metaphor which talks about the rest that an army takes as it's going out into battle. And this is the sort of refreshment that we need to give each other as we share our faith and as we pray together so we gain strength before we go out and live for Christ. Has anyone ever had a Red Bull drink? Come on, confession, hands up. Yeah? Okay. Interesting that our senior pastors had one. Anyway, I've never had one. So, Paul, is it true that it it really peps you up? Yes. Yes. Brisbane should have had some. (laughs) (laughs) too late too late you might remember in a recent message that I did I asked us all whether we were like a gum tree with deep roots in our faith in Jesus or whether we were like a tumbleweed with shallow roots that just let us go all over the place oh I have to tell you this I preached that message at Real Food, our five o'clock service, and there were a couple of little kids playing over to the side. They were playing with Lego. And they're over there and they're chattering away. And when I asked people there to think about whether they were a gum tree with deep roots or a tumbleweed with shallow roots, one of the little guys over there, now, he didn't stop playing... He's still building with his Lego and he didn't look up. But all of a sudden, he yells out, I'm a gum tree. (laughs) At least I knew one person was listening to me (laughs) at at that message. But it was just so gorgeous. Anyway, getting back to Red Bull. I have another question for you this morning. Are you a Red Bull pepper-upper? Or a letter downer. If we're a pepper-upper, we refresh people. We encourage them. We pray for them and with them. We serve together. And we love each other. That's what faith in Jesus does. This is what Paul talks about in Romans 1 when he says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Now, obviously, we're letter downers if we don't encourage each other, if we don't pray with and for each other, if we don't serve together, if we don't love each other. But what isn't so obvious is that we can be letter-downers if we lose connection with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're letter-downers if we don't see any correlation between how we live and the impact it has on our brothers and sisters in Christ and on the church as a whole. I remember teaching a grade one many years ago and asking them what they did to help around the house. And there were the usual answers like, I help with the dishes, I sweep the floor, I feed the dog. But one little guy said, I don't do anything, I just stay out of the way. (laughs) Paul saw being part of a church family as being where our everyday and our spiritual lives Connect. So I hope we don't choose to just stay out of the way. Going it alone, we're more likely to make the wrong decisions. But when we're connected with those who are committed to Jesus, when we're praying together, we're more likely to live. And to love as Jesus wants us to. Praying alone and together is such a vital part of sharing our faith. We can join together to discern the will of God in our own lives and in the lives, life here of our church. And we have opportunities to do that in our life groups and our ministry groups. But also in our corporate prayer gatherings... At Mount Martha, there's are Sunday mornings between 8.30 and 9.30 in room four at the back there before the service starts and also Tuesday mornings between 10 and 11 in the church office. And at Rosebud, there's corporate prayer gathering every Tuesday between 10 and 11. And we also have an online New Pen Facebook prayer group that meets every Wednesday morning between 6.30 and 730 A.M. If you want to join that online group, uh, all you need to do is search New Peninsula Prayer on Facebook and ask to join. Now I don't re- expect you to remember all that, but all of those prayer corporate prayer gatherings you'll find are in our Navigate Church newsletter. So there are plenty of opportunities. For all of us to join together in corporate prayer. And it's no coincidence that as we as a church have up to the ante on prayer, that we're seeing people wanting to know more about Jesus, that we're hearing, as Paul said, about people who want to be baptized. That isn't a coincidence because prayer is powerful. Let's pray above all else for God's will to be done. Let's not be anxious about what's going on in our world at the moment, but instead let's choose to take on the gift and the responsibility that we have to pray. Let's take hold of the authority that Jesus has given us and pray with his strength and his power. And let's look forward to all that Jesus will do in and through us as his people. Let's pray together now. Father God, help us to share our faith as brothers and sisters in Christ. As we encourage each other, as we serve together and as we pray together. So that we'll become more and more like Jesus. Thank you for the power of prayer that's available to each one of us. As we pray on our own and together, help us to bring your authority and your will on earth as it is in heaven. Teach us to take hold of prayer and to pray down blessings on our world. To pray that many will come to know you. Help us to be the church you call us to be. As we move forward in your will and with the wisdom and power of your Holy Spirit within us. This is our prayer. And we pray with confidence and anticipation we start this. as we join together and pray in the powerful name of Jesus. And all of God's people joined together and said, Amen.